WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Two of the Rich Keith show here on WEEI. It's a full tang Fitzy Wednesday night. You can join us, 617-779-7937. We just added the uh the Tom Brady quote about how he was just done in New England and there was nothing they could do. He wasn't gonna sign a contract. That's gonna be a part of the new Apple TV documentary, which comes out this week. Uh, uh, Ten parter. So, so pumped. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I, I literally may like just stay home Friday morning, yes. wake up nice and early, make uh-huh. myself a nice big breakfast. <laughs> there you go. What do you have? Crunch the uh you know what I've been big on lately? Making my own like breakfast burritos. Oh, that's like, you know delicious. you get like the sausage, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the loose sausage. I don't know how, how you would loose say Loose sausage, like, loose sure. Sa- yeah. Scramble some eggs. <laughs> throw that loose yeah, sausage. Watch out for in that there. loose sausage, that's everybody. Right. Throw it in a, a yeah. tortilla wrap, some hot sauce. Let's go. I love it. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So yeah, this bad boy. The original is, working title of this show? I think that's what it was. That's right, loose sausage. <laughs> yeah, we called it loose sausage for a while. <laughs> They're like, all right, we gotta change it. We'll just call it the Rich Keep Show instead. They are. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so 10 parts. I think it's what, Fitzy? Uh, well, you know better than I do. You talked to Jeff mm-hmm. Benedict, but it's like 40 minutes or so, I think I read each episode, yep. give or take. Approximately they're in 40 to 45 minutes, 10 episodes. You're going to get two eps per Friday over the next five Fridays. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, highlights, will. he said, the, hands down, the episode all about 2007 Oof. And Super Bowl Forty Two is the most entertaining, the funniest, the most riveting, the biggest gut punch, all of it. Just- I mean, if you think about it, now twenty years is a long time, but if they just had a third of the storylines of the soap opera, it would be wildly fascinating. But like, this is a team. I don't need to tell everybody. You guys know, but not only did they go to nine Super Bowls over that span, but then they had two cheating scandals where the team got punished. They lost first round picks. They had Aaron Hernandez. They benched a star player in the Super Bowl. Like Mm -hmm. all these, each like one is worth a documentary on its own. Like each, each each one It's Oh seven. That's a documentary. Spygate. That's a documentary. Deflategate. That's a documentary. And it's like, no, this was all the same coach quarterback and owner. And then a few other guys overlapped with several of them here and there. But yeah, it's, it's great. As close as we all followed it, like, we were obsessed with all this the whole time. I still feel like there's going to be stuff we kind of learn. Like, there's still there's still plenty of stuff that was kind of behind closed doors that would only get out certain ways, and people are kind of dug in on what they believe, what they don't believe, and now you're going to mm-hmm. have a chance to hear all these from all the main players that you need to hear from are all a part of this. They didn't just interview, you know, they promoted like 15 or 20 on social media, but they interviewed over 80 people total, and uh, Jeff said... What makes this so different from the book, in addition to the fact that it's, you know, kind of like almost like they made it a narrative storyline, though it's a docu-series and all of the Hollywood high quality cameras, music, whatever, is that between Patriot, One Patriot Place and NFL Films down in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, they were able to unearth over 35,000 hours of behind the scenes footage, 
phone footage, home video stuff, NFL films, whatever. So you're just going to see tons and tons and tons of stuff, or so I'm told, that we've never seen before from locker rooms and from uh, on the field, hallways, just like all the stuff that like people were saying that made every last little element so compelling, so devastating, so riveting. So will it be Friday? Because like all these streaming services always say a day. And like remember on Disney, it'd be like 3 a.m. where they'd put it out or sometimes. But then like Ahsoka Tano, I think they waited to like 9 p.m. Eastern. So crazy. I know. So like is this something that me and Stiz are going to be talking about Friday on the show, you think? Is it going to be out during the I day? I think so. Okay. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right, very good. I, I, I believe so as well. Okay, cool. Um, so that would be I should be hopefully getting my access to it tonight or tomorrow. Perfect. So I'll, I'll try to provide some spoiler-free uh, reviewage as well. Love it. All right, let's go to the phones. we got Jones and Lowell. What's going on, Jones? Hey, I just wanted to call in because, like, you guys were talking about the Alex Van Pelton running the ball. What if that's, like, a hint that he wants to draft, you know, a guy like Jaden McDaniels? opposed to drafting out like Drake May. That's all I wanted to say. Have a good day. You guys have a great show. So just wanted to hear your opinions on that. Hey, you know what? Well, it's funny because we so we played the Alex Van Pelt. It's like a one-minute clip that the Patriots put out there. And he basically had like three things that he – the three things that I sort of – that jumped out, right? Like, uh, you know, basically playing together. Okay, great. There was the, you know, kind of your offensive philosophy should be like taking the – talent that you have and getting the best out of it rather than forcing them to play a certain way, which led me to think, all right, he would take either quarterback. But then what really kind of rubbed me the wrong way was the, you got to run the ball to win championships. I was like, well, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but I mean, you're obviously, you would be a better running team with Jaden Daniels than you would be with Drake may. I feel like because of the threat of yes, uh, yeah, he just, could, right. That he could take off and scoot at any point. I mean, like, like Lamar, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, it's no surprise that those three teams were all towards the top and running the ball because you have whatever your running back situation is, and then you have maybe your best running back is actually the quarterback. So, yeah, you're going to run the ball more. With the Ravens and the Chiefs, for sure. And in the case of the Detroit Lions, it's just you have, I mean, two. I'd, say the, I'd say the best off. You have two dynamic running Oh, and backs. the I mean, line, good point. Yeah. And the line is great, too. Remember, don't yeah. forget... The Detroit Lions were the first team in NFL history to have two running backs, each of which had over a thousand total yards yeah. and ten plus touchdowns. I mean, that's yeah, that was pretty crazy, pretty impressive. That was. All right, let's go to Matt in Rhode Island. He joins us next. What's going on, Matt? Hey, yeah, how you doing, guys? Good. Um, Fifty, by the way, you you be making millions doing voiceovers. I've been listening to you for years, and dude, I really think I really think you'd be going big time with the voiceovers. I love them. I but um, in Cleveland, in Cleveland, dude, I think actually next year you're going to see that kid Dorian Thompson Robinson beat out Deshaun Watson in some facet. And I was wondering, you know, when when he's when he's talking about running the ball, like I hear what you're saying, Keith. But like, remember, like you, you, if you're running the ball successfully, you you have a better play action. I think that's what it's all about. Maybe that's where he's going with that. Um, and ah, uh, shoot, I forgot my other point. But anyway, let's right. just leave it at that tonight. All right, thanks. All right, all good. Uh, yeah, maybe. like the rest of us. Yeah, no, I mean, I forget everything I'm going to say all the time. I uh, <laughs> I feel like maybe, like maybe he's talking about play action, but like he just said pretty much point blank. And here, I'll play it again for those that missed it. This was part of his little uh, one-minute thing. You know, I think running the football in this league wins games, wins championships. Wins games, wins championships, running the football. It's like, I don't know. We watched the Chiefs three of the last five years. Like, 
I don't know if that's the deal. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had some good scoots, but I'm pretty sure him throwing the ball was a lot more important than them running the ball. Uh, but it is a Would You Rather Wednesday. Fitzy, we got a few questions for you here. This one is uh, quarterback-related. Uh, maybe the 49ers will consider this one. Would you rather Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins? Oh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I think I he's don't better. know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Again, my appreciation of Kirk Cousins, I think, like many, has grown over the last couple of years. Quality gameplay, you know, some quality offenses on uh, the Minnesota Vikings, but also after the quarterback series, like I, maybe I just want to, maybe I just want Kirk Cousins because I know he's going to come in high floor. Mm-hmm. Purdy, you know, Purdy's solid too, but like Cousins is going to come in high floor, not make a ton of mistakes. Good dude. Definitely. Like if he, if he came in, he's like, you know what? I've made a lot of money in Minnesota. Tell you what, I'll take two for, I'll take twenty million a year for the next two years just to play with the Patriots and help make you guys, you know, relevant again. I'd be like, man, what a Kirk Cousins thing to do. I love this. <laughs> I feel like Kirk Cousins would be to the 49ers what Matthew Stafford was to the Rams. Like I think he goes in there, elevates the quarterback position play enough, and then they win. And I'm not even blaming Purdy. By no, by no means am I blaming Purdy for them losing. I think Shanahan you son of a bitch. Shanahan had the worst day out of all the guys on the team. Oh, yeah. Shanahan was worse, but I feel like his job is safer. How about today? They fire Steve Wilkes, the defensive oh, coordinator. What did he do wrong? They, they allowed three points in the first half, 19 through four quarters against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and he gets fired after one season. The oh. Niners had a good defense, and they were playing well. They played well enough to win, and honestly, so did Brock Purdy. Like I'm not, he didn't light the world on fire. He's you're not like holy smokes. He's as good as Mahomes, but nobody is. So I thought he was fine, but I could still see them. Just like if you could do a minor upgrade, Cousins is an upgrade over over Purdy. Uh, there's also uh, NFL films, uh, you know, like inside the NFL footage with some mic'd up action on the sidelines. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to effort to get this to Stanley so that we can actually play it full tilt on the next rejoin. Okay, but basically what happens is. Inside the NFL captured, say, uh, Kyle Shanahan says, we want the ball. Cut to the other sideline. They wanted it, baby, says Mahomes. They want it. They can have it, says Kelsey. I mean, Yeah, because those guys get the rule. Right Shanahan doesn't get the rule. What a moron. And then he had to be like, oh, yeah, well, we talked about it with all the, uh, all the analytics guys. And like we had talked about, like, we had definitely planned for this. Kyle Juszczyk, who went to Harvard, for God's sakes, was like, yeah, we didn't even know what the rules were. So they didn't teach the rules. They, nobody knew what the overtime rules were. That falls on Shanahan. Meanwhile, Mahomes and Kelsey are like, oh, my God, this is great. All the all they have to do defensively, force a field goal, and then the, the Chiefs are going to march down the field and win the game. Mm-hmm. Just, just ridiculous. All right, how about this one? Would, Would you rather take the ball or kick it off in overtime? It's like, all right, before you answer that, Remember, there is there could be a third possession because that's what the, that was the big oh. tipping point for the Niners. All right, for this next one, not for New England or the Jets. So this would be for one of the other thirty teams. Would you rather have Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? <laughs> I'd like to explore if I have if I have a decent starter and yeah. I'm looking to basically break someone down groom them all over again and try to really extract or help them reach their ceiling of talent, Yeah, I'd go with Zach Wilson. Yeah, because I think it's kind of – at this point, both had an opportunity. 
both were a mess. At least Mac Jones had that slight promise as a rookie. Zach Wilson, it was more like a game, maybe a throw. It wasn't really a full season at any point for him. Neither guy is a leader. Both have a lot of questions after three years. But I think now if you're going to like really reset everything, you kind of go back to where they were coming out of college. Mm-hmm. And Zach Wilson was a more athletic, better better like a better arm strength, better arm uh, than Mac Jones. So, yeah, I think if you're a team like the Niners or whoever, you might say, all right, let's just figure it out with Zach Wilson rather than Mac Jones, who now also you're realizing mm-hmm. uh, between the ears you got to fix. So, like, good luck with that. You're not just, like, working on mechanics. You're working on stuff that is tough. Right. Um, all right, lastly, would you rather mm-hmm. remove Valentine's Day from the calendar or any other holiday? I don't think there's another holiday that I dislike. And this isn't even a holiday. It's a it's a celebration <laughs> of love for lovers. It's a lover's day. Yeah, it's I mean, it's oh God, it's a hallmark. Holiday. It's a day it's with a- unnecessary pressure. It's a day that is not great. And yeah, you go through like you're like, all right, you got like New Year's. You got obviously you got like the big three at the end of the year. They're going nowhere. Christmas, no Thanksgiving and Halloween. Uh, Halloween. Those are all like those are the, the money holidays. Fourth of July is great. Yeah, Fourth of July, you're probably keep. Although I'm not a fireworks guy, so I could probably do without that. But this is worse. Valentine's Day is the pits. Yes, the pits is the absolute. Okay, so let me ask you this: If uh-huh. if we were not currently enmeshed in four hours of riveting sports talk radio mm-hmm. and entertainment, that's right, that's us. Would would you and Mrs. Keefe would you be securing the services of a sitter so as to go out to expensive, overcharged? Romantic dinner? Would you? No. Uh, no we or don't, would you guys we don't, be cooking at home, taking out? Yeah, take probably out? probably some takeout. We don't really go out. We have, I the, we have the two kids. Uh, services. Yeah, you yeah. want to come down and Absolutely. watch the kids? Yeah. Right. Yep. Do that. Grimy okay. day. Well, throw a helmet on both of them and just let them <laughs> run around smash into each other. That's kind of what they right. do anyway. Yeah. Hey, which one of your kids will be fine when you get home? <laughs> yeah, right. 50 <laughs> 50. Ah, yeah, no, it's right? not. It's just like it's, it's not good. I'm sure it's both a, you guys delivered today. You guys are both oh, good guys. zero chance. No, I mean I got Stan, a couple. Of, I, I got a couple things. We, go, we 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 still give you like I literally got like uh like some candy. Uh, that's go. what I got, yep. and then I gave her like I got a like, little bit of flowers. Didn't go overboard. Little bit of flowers. Little bit of flowers. Sam, I had no, the kids walk them out. I yep. didn't go like two dozen, dozen roses. roses. Yeah. No, no, no. I went with nice little just, bouquet. <laughs> yeah, little thing with a violinist coming in, <laughs> yeah. like set up a waterfall in the back. Like I love you so much. No, and then like some candy. Like that's basically what it was, and even then you're like, all right. And you know what? Here's <laughs> like, here's how it goes. Like, I had the kids. I bought some flowers. The kids gave them to her. Later on tonight, when the show is over, yep, we'll both sit down on the sofa. I'll let her have her pick of whatever double IP <laughs> yeah. she wants from my beer fridge. Pick the- She'll be like, "This is love." Yep, that's it. Pick the I love beer. You. Yeah. Hey, when you know, you know, Nick. That's, huh? that's, that's, that's the whole thing, Stan. Like yeah, I, Valentine. Is, no, that's awesome. It's almost like. You know they say like yeah shouldn't adults shouldn't wear the jerseys of other athletes adults shouldn't go dress up on Halloween no I'm fine with all of that yeah adults once you're over like the age of thirty two no more celebrating Val like yeah stop no it. no and at that point you stop get it. your kid something you get your kid a, you get your kid a nice uh, chocolate bar and you move on 
That's kind of where that where that goes, or yep. or like a heart shaped Reese's. That's a nice. That's a nice oh, little. And all that. Yeah. I saw. I was at a pizza place today getting lunch. They were making heart shaped pizzas. See that, now Pops. you're Sengino's talking. Gino's does yeah, that. Yeah, Get yourself some heart shaped pizza out. today. That's yeah. a nice thing. Right. You just you know what you do. You lady in the tramp that action. You meet like in the it. middle. Uh huh. Perfect. Like it, yeah. Nice big old mouth of hot cheese, <laughs> loose sausage, <laughs> and loose sausage. Way to bring it right back yep. around full circle. Stanley. That's the show. More of loose sausage coming up. Uh, <laughs> as uh, looks like. The, the fall of Drake May has maybe already begun. It looked like may, uh, perhaps Drake May will be the guy available for the Patriots at three. We will get into that. But right now, here's Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Some sad news out of Kansas City today. A shooting following the Chiefs Super Bowl parade has left one dead, at least 14 other people injured. According to police, two armed individuals have been taken into custody. An estimated 1 million people were gathered in downtown Kansas City to celebrate their team's back-to-back championships. Uh, If any other developing news breaks, we will keep you updated. Tough night for the Bruins last night. They fell to the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 in a shootout loss at the Garden. Bruins goals came from McAvoy and Van Riemsdyk. Linus Allmark fined five thousand for maximum. Excuse me, Linus Allmark fined five thousand dollars, the maximum allowable under the collective bargaining agreement for high sticking against the Tampa Bay player in the third period. Bruins back on the ice tomorrow night. They'll host the Kraken puck drops from Causeway Street at seven p.m. Celtics got the win in the in their first of back-to-back games against the Nets. Celtics left Brooklyn with a one eighteen to one ten victory. Two teams will run it back again tonight at the Garden tip-off just about 10 minutes at 7.30. Boston will be absent a few players. Xavier Tillman, Jaden Springer, Al Horford all out, and Jalen Brown was questionable, but he too will be out for tonight's game. Red Sox pitchers and catchers reported to Fort Myers today for spring training. Closer Canley Jansen did not participate in the first official workout for the Sox. Uh, According to Craig Breslow, Jansen arrived at camp with some general lat soreness. Sox play their first spring training game against the Orioles Saturday, February 24th at 1 p.m. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Keith shows coming up. Go nowhere. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, WEI. You can join the program, 617-779-7937. Pitchers and catchers reported to Fort Myers. Today was officially the first day of that. We'll get to uh, the Red Sox action coming up at uh, 8 o'clock here tonight. But no surprise, Fitzy, with so much time to to build up towards the draft, and it's the same group of prospects, and everybody's kind of picking them apart, You know whether it's the Senior Bowl or their last couple of games in college, interviews that they may have done, whatever. It, guys start to rise and fall around this time all the way up until the draft at the end of April. And for several weeks now, it's been Caleb Williams is number one, Drake May is number two, and then Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner, went from second round, late first to third. Like for sure, it's like everyone's saying it's these three quarterbacks are the top three. And now I would say over the last few days, more and more people are starting to put Daniels two and Drake mm-hmm. May 
falling to three. I know Field Yates put out a, a mock draft today on ESPN. He has it going Williams, Daniels, May. Now, there's still two and a half months for things to change, but it seems like we're already kind of getting there where it's at least like half the people, maybe even more than half the people, are starting to, to put Daniels up there. And Drake May, who in many other years might be the number one overall pick in the draft, could be sitting there at three for the Patriots. I think this is people, draft specialists, et cetera, all speculating that Drake May will be fine at the Combine or his pro day, but that Jaden Daniels, with his physical gifts and tools, is going to wow people to such a degree, and then you add that to the 50 total touchdowns last year and winning the Heisman, they're almost anticipating a lead. I don't think he's overtaken him yet. Okay. I think this is an anticipatory gesture on their behalf gotcha. that he's going to pass all of them. By the time we get to April 25th, it'll be Williams, Daniels, and May. All right, so this is Lewis Riddick from ESPN. It's a little bit of a of a lengthy cut here, but Riddick to me one of the better guys talking about uh, you know the the college players as well as the pro players, kind of going back and forth. And so this is his assessment of Jaden Daniels and then vis a vis Drake May. Yeah, look, I mean for me, I don't, I never had any question from the get go when I started watching these quarterbacks as to who number two was. Jaden Daniels for me is clearly number two. And I think as we move through this process, I know there are going to be people who say, well, you know, Drake May, once he gets into the interviews and all, you know, people are going to become wild with him. Well, I think people are going to be very impressed with Jaden Daniels as well as we move through the draft process. Because remember, this is the time of year where things can get a little sideways because there's no football being played now. <laughs> there's no football being played, but you, and you can wind up tricking yourself into thinking things that you shouldn't be thinking about. As long as Jaden Daniels doesn't do anything to hurt himself, I think, in this pre-draft process, and as long as people are comfortable with ultimately what his verifieds are as far as his height and his weight and his hand size and what he looks like. And I've said, I want to see Jaden Daniels in person. I want to stand next to him, just like I stood next to Bryce Young last year and stood next to C.J. Stroud in consecutive days. And that's why, for me, it was a slam dunk. It's C.J. Stroud for me. I want to see Jaden Daniels because I'll tell you this right now. The way this young man operates in the pocket, the way in which he can get that ball out and speed up his release and the way he sees the field, some of the touch throws he makes are sick. They're at, they remind me of the way CJ threw the football at Ohio State. But outside the pocket, you see these highlights. This kid can go now. When they, when they call design quarterback draw, he is, I mean, he is out the gate, dude. He's out the gate. The thing about it, though, is you want to turn on the old Miss game. He takes a shot in that game where it looks like somebody catapulted him backwards, like somebody put a bungee cord on him and yanked him backwards. And I'm going, you can't be absorbing too many of those. Mm. So I'll tell you this, though. Caleb Williams, bigger body, made people look silly in the open field. Jaden Daniels, he can throw that thing. For me, Drake May, I left a lot on the – I was sitting there a lot of times looking at the tape going, show me something. Mm-hmm. Show me something that puts you in the category with these two, and I didn't see it. All right, welcome to the club, so, Lewis Riddick. Yeah, so you feel the same way about May? Yeah, and I know Chris Scheim feels the exact opposite way. He just <laughs> loves Drake May. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You know, you, you see people on Twitter like salivating over the fact that maybe Drake May could fall to three. Uh, I mean, they're different. They're different types of players. Andy Hart was on last night with us, and he was breaking down. He did player comps, sort of, I would say, high-end player comps. Sure. He, he had uh, Caleb Williams, could be Patrick Mahomes. He said Drake May could be Josh Allen, and Jaden Daniels could be Lamar Jackson. 
So those might be the three best quarterbacks currently in the NFL. You know, maybe Joe Burrow's in there in that list as well. But that's what he's kind of got. I I've definitely seen the most of Caleb Williams, like both live and then you know going back and watching some of the highlights and stuff over the last couple of years. Jaden Daniels came on like a house of fire this year. Drake May, I don't know. I'm kind of with you. Like I'm not as wowed by him. I think he he can zip it. Like the guy can spin it. I felt that way about Justin Herbert years ago, where like the ball just kind of like flew out of his hands. Uh, Jaden Daniels to me has like kind of like a little bit of a weird uh, like toss. Like I'm not I'm not a QB coach or anything, but it just sort of comes out of his hand a little bit differently than Motion, does Drake. It doesn't yeah. look like it. it's not like a beautiful fluid thing. No, no, there's something up with it. But again, like it doesn't. I don't think it all. I don't think every quarterback needs to look the same. They don't all need to throw the same to have success. But I wonder if uh, again, it all goes back to the Patriots front office, the new look front office. And do they like one of those guys way more than the other? And maybe they're really hoping that the commanders take either one and then they're there with their guy. Because then if there happens to be a gap between the two, that's when either Marvin Harrison comes into play or this trade down, which you you kind of alluded to earlier. Like, Mm -hmm. that's where that comes into play. Like, if they're so dead set on Drake May, but he's off the board, then all right, you got to go somewhere else. Or now, maybe Jaden Daniels. And I'm... I kind of think that is what's going to happen. I think with the Commanders, you know, the number two quarterback, the number two pick in the draft should be exciting for your fan base no matter what. But Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels' style of play is more exciting than Drake May. I could see them convincing themselves that he's the right pick, whether it ends up being right or wrong. I could see them going there. Yeah, but Adam Peters worked under John Lynch for so long, and look what they did with the high athletic upside guy a couple of years ago. Completely whiffed. Good point. On Trey Lance, Trey Lance. And if they have any sort of like, although it's funny because Washington yeah. could have like the the jitters on two different styles. Like they, they could have like, well, we already took a quarterback from you know North Carolina. We got you know Sam oh, right. Howell. We already yeah, got somebody his size with Howell. that kind of arm. So we already have that guy here. True. And although like Trey Lance, I he played against he played against South Dakota, whereas you know Jay Daniels was on the SEC and won the Heisman. So there's right. at least there is mm-hmm. there is that, but yeah, you wonder if, if how Adam Peters felt about that pick. They were like, "This is the way to go," because that that one felt like John Lynch just fell in love with the guy and traded everything in the world for him and and flew all the way up the board. Oof. But yeah, that one obviously was was rough. But yeah, so that also an interesting point too by uh, Lewis Riddick about you know going seeing these guys in person, right? Because they all have like you know. They say how tall they are. They say how much they weigh, whatever. And, like, some of these college teams can really exaggerate. And that's I why I guarantee I would tower over Bryce Young. Yeah, 100% you would. And you remember, wasn't there a uh, – was it last year before the draft? I think Mina Kimes took a picture with Bryce Young, and she looked taller than him. Ah! And everybody was like – or, like, taller or, like, really, really close. And then she was like – Everybody started going crazy, and she was like, well, no, no, no. She's like, I was in heels, and I was standing for, like, she was trying to defend him. But you're like, no, that doesn't look right. Like, I don't want my quarterback to be the same size as Mina Kimes. Like, that's not going to work. Why did Carolina take him first overall? I don't know, and apparently Houston would have done the same. I I, I never liked Bryce Young, and that's not a a revisionist history. We were talking, Mm -hmm. we did the draft show last year. We We were all like, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, I would have taken both those guys over Bryce Young. Yeah, I didn't love last year's quarterback class. Yeah, no, this year, this year's is better. Much. 
much, much, much better. Three, four now, guys, I really like this year, but now we'll see if any of them have. Yeah, right, exactly. Like we'll see if any of them have the same kind of impact that Stroud had. I mean, he set such a high bar, but then those other guys. I mean, Richardson kind of flashed, then got hurt. Bryce Young was also in a, on the worst team in the league, so like that's that's yeah, not funny how deal. that never helps. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That doesn't help the young quarterback by any stretch, but. uh yeah, I mean, and this is only middle of February, so there's still more time for. Do Do you see a scenario yet where someone could be convinced not to go quarterback one, two, three? Because as much as I want Harrison, if I'm predicting it, if I were going to make a mock draft, it would be quarterback one, two, three. Could I see a scenario where somebody jumps up and says, "We absolutely have to have Marvin Harrison right. Jr. We're going to expend future capital to make sure." No, and what's going to happen like is no, it's going to go QB, QB, QB. Uh, unless, so somebody would have to trade anyone who's trading up with the Patriots. If it goes Daniel, if it goes Caleb Williams one, Jaden Daniels two, and the Patriots are there at three, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is just sitting there, and the Cardinals are like, "Come on, baby, mm-hmm. just take Drake May so we can get him, pair him up with Kyler, and we are back." <laughs> I could see somebody. You know, just a few spots down, moving up a little bit, like mm-hmm. not trying not to mortgage the future. Mm-hmm. I can't see somebody coming from the middle of the first round, like out of nowhere. And you know, actually, you know who it would be? Who's that? The Bears, because the Bears have so much draft capital. True, could because be they are so yes. So I can see a scenario where it goes if the Chicago Bears. Yeah, because in that scenario, get... they have to leapfrog Arizona. Uh huh. And if then. They do? Can you imagine if you walked away with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison? And paired them with DJ Moore yeah. and and uh and like one of the top five rushing attacks. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. That NFC North would be I think you mapped unreal. out real. I think that's the scenario though. It would, ha- there it is. It would have I think to be that. Yeah. And then, you know, at that point, all right, so then the Patriots are sitting there at nine, which I don't like at all because if you're sitting there at nine, I think you, you we know you miss out on the top three quarterbacks. I think you also miss out on the top three receivers. I would not be shocked if there are three receivers gone inside the top eight. So now you're sitting there at nine. You're like, hey, we got these extra picks, but then what? <laughs> like, okay, now you have Joe Alt, and we're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that, even though I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people in the room that think, all right, more picks the merrier. We have a lot of needs to fill, so let's let's go that route. Yeah, you, I mean, right now, I, I checked the latest one. Fox Sports published a mock 15 minutes ago. Who they, they got? got they still have May Daniels, which may very okay. well change. Bowers, go, Brock Bowers going fine. Did you see that photo that Phil I did? Perry posted. Yeah, Brock Bowers does. Yeah, Brock uh, Bowers looked like uh, Brock Bowers looked like a young uncle of Gronk. He didn't look like the <laughs> the latest greatest tight end in the NFL. I know the guy plays like a man on fire, but yeah, smokes. Yeah, he was kind of uh, unassuming, but a big guy though. You can tell he's big, but he was a bit. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't think that he was like a killer tight end. No. But although sometimes, you know, when you look kind of the opposite, it's kind of, I don't know, there there could be something there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Brock Bowers is going to be factored in. I, I do not want them to take Brock Bowers. As good as Brock Bowers could be, I'm not looking to take him in the top ten. Uh, let's go to the phones. we got David in the car. He joins us next year on WEI. What's up, David? Hey, good evening, guys. So here's my whole thing about drafting the quarterback. There's a lot of ifs and buts about it. And we really think a lot. We, we sit here and now and that. It really is a, a crapshoot. Okay. It really is. All right. Because not everybody's going to be in the homes. Uh, look what happened to Matt Jones. Everybody was 
pretty sure he was he was the, the guy. Well, yeah. So David, like so so yes, year. David. Obviously, the draft is you're not going to guarantee any of your picks. What what are you saying that what should they do? So this is my opinion. They need to draft a quarterback. There's no question. Okay. But you need a veteran quarterback to come in here for that quarterback to sit behind for a year. Okay. If they draft a quarterback and they throw him into the wolves, the way this team is set up right now, which is a joke, he's going to fail. All right. So I personally am of the mind play the play the guy right away. Uh, there are examples like Patrick Mahomes, like Jordan Love. I mean, that's the extreme. Love and Rogers, same franchise, sitting forever. I can't wait for my first round quarterback to play. I want to throw him in there. And I don't I feel like you know, David Carr who took over a expansion team and got sacked more than any other quarterback in the history of football. That's the one that everybody points to as like he got broken. That was 22 years ago and that was such an extreme case. I feel like toss the rookie in there. They might be great. They might be like Cam Newton or C.J. Stroud or Russell Wilson or Ben Roethlisberger or Baker Mayfield. There's plenty of rookie quarterbacks that have succeeded. I'm not going to point to the guy 22 years ago who was on a brand new football team as the reason not to use a start. I'm not saying David used that, but that's Mm -hmm. usually the first name that gets brought up about why you shouldn't start a rookie. Yeah, uh, David Carr was just absolutely trashed just smashed up i mean that was, was horrible. Like 72 times yeah. like the poor yeah. guy was just broken at that point had qb ptsd the rest of his remaining days yeah no that one wasn't good but i mean there are two sides to it right like there are there are examples of guys that didn't play right away and we're all right but you look around the league i mean the best quarterbacks now i'm trying to think you got josh allen he played as a rookie uh mahomes again famously didn't who else? Lamar eventually got in there, right? They started Flacco, and then it went to Lamar. Uh, Justin Herbert in a bizarre case because the team punctured the lung of Tyrod Taylor. The trainer hurt Tyrod Taylor, and then Herbert went in and was one of the best rookies that the league had seen. So I'm pro. I'm pro that like just that's where the coaching comes in because there are they're going to take lumps, but you can't let them turn into like that's what's so strange about Mac Jones is. He started right away as a rookie, and that was uh-huh. by far his best year. It was Before after anyone he got, got between later. his ears. Right. He got yeah. broken later. So, I don't know. I mean, I, hate that. I think they're going to be – they got their work cut out for them uh, regardless. Whether you have an old quarterback, young quarterback, someone in between, they're going to take their lumps. I'll take the experience, though. I'll take throwing them out there, seeing what an NFL defense looks like for 17 games, and then hopefully you're a hell of a lot better in 2025. And what if what Dan Graziano said on ESPN.com recently is what we should all be focusing on in that, don't worry about it, the Patriots are just going to go the veteran quarterback route and start that guy the next couple of years anyway and maybe draft a quarterback later. I don't like that as a, no, I as you a plan. Wouldn't. No, I just don't think they're close enough. If their team was better, if they were, you know, 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, just missed the playoffs last year, and you had all this money to spend in free agency. They said they're going to spend it. You invest in a couple of big wide receivers. You draft Harrison. You sign T. Higgins. Then, by all means, go full tilt boogie on Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins. But I don't know if all that's going to happen. And the rest of your – even if you brought in those five names I just mentioned, like who's your offensive line? Who's like Who are your other guys? So I feel like they – they got a long ways to go, and you might as well start that rebuild uh, as soon as possible, right? So you're not just mm-hmm. stuck at the uh, the bottom of the league. 
All right, you guys can join us at 617-779-7937. Now that football's over, sadly, there's more time to watch stuff. We have our weekends are freed up. Our Monday nights are freed up. Our Thursday nights are freed up. So Fitzy and I and Stiz are going to kick around what we've been watching now and what we're looking forward to watching uh, on the old TV and streamers coming up next here on WEEI. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, W-E-E-I, and uh, no more football, sadly. It is over for another uh, several months, so now you got stuff to do on the weekends. That opens up Monday night, Thursday night, a lot of, lot of time to fill, Fitzy, which means mm-hmm. you can watch even more TV programs. You can watch more movies. I know that's what I end up doing. I watch a ton anyway, but I end up watching even more when it's not football season. So what are some of the things, whether it be new or you're kind of giving it a rewatch, that you're giving a, a spin right now? All right. Loving uh, what we're being told is the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. Season 12 with yes. Larry David. Yep. We are two episodes in. I just love having it around. It's, it's nice, just, isn't it? It's just great. It's, it's just, familiar, it's a, but it's it, very good. Uh-huh. Yep. It's, it's a comfortable pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. It's a grouchy relative that you love having at every holiday. Uh, it makes me laugh and cringe and cry and think in ways that other shows don't. It's so uh, consistent, too. Now, there are certain tells, like, based on some of the supporting cast, you can kind of guess what season it is. But if it's just, like, a line of dialogue or two, you're like, that could be season one, that could be season mm-hmm. ten, that could be season six. It's like, yeah, I don't know how he comes up with all the same stuff. Like, he's, he's had so much material. There is some overlap, too. Like, you were like, oh, that kind of feels a little bit like a Seinfeld thing. But whatever. It's still it's still just as funny as it's ever been. Yeah, did you see are you all caught up? I didn't want I haven't started it yet. I was going to rip through. I was going to let a few more build up and then I was going to rip through yeah, them all. Yeah, so there's a storyline that's developed early on in season 12 and it's kind of random, but I obviously it's something that <laughs> Larry course. David feels passionate about, but the little threads of things that happen in everyday life. You know, like episode 2 just has things about buying an, a backup gift and keeping it in another room just in case the person doesn't like the first gift and <laughs> what happens gift. when you go to a store and you have to go to the bathroom and does that make you make like oh, it's terrible. like that's i mean yeah. it's like everything that we talk about in can i get a ruling right. which i'm looking forward to tonight at nine mm-hmm. o'clock um it's just per it's just great no that's really it. good i freaking love it so speaking of hbo a show that stiz and i are both watching is season four of true detective it's called night country jody foster uh, out in Alaska, there's a lot going on, Stiz. I will say, spoiler free, the last episode, towards the end of the last episode, they kicked it up another notch. It's always mm. held my interest, Same. right? But yes, last episode was like, okay, now oh, I'm in, boy. let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was it was so crazy because because of the Super Bowl, it usually airs Sunday night, and because of the Super Bowl, it came out that Friday. So I was pleasantly surprised when all of a sudden it showed up in my queue. And yep. uh, season finale's next. It's only a six seven episode uh, thing. Oh, yes, yeah, so really? I, I was thinking it was. So. Yo, yeah, I think you might be right. I was thinking it was eight. So yeah, if it's only six. Wow. So yeah, I mean yep. they're they're right there. So this Sunday will be the last Short one. And sweet. Wait, so there are five episodes in. There's yep. only one to go? Yeah. I guess so. Just six? Somebody at our little Super Bowl gathering asked if we were watching it and said, 
if you aren't, make a point of it. It's really good. So I would say, I don't know if I'd be that strong in my endorsement. Yeah, I wouldn't be that strong. Like I've said to to Keith, Nick, I feel like if it was just a show called Night Country, it would be great. But because it's called True Detective, because we've you know we're comparing it to the first one, yeah, I, I feel like it falls a little short, and it really kind of. It gets a little supernatural where I feel like the first True Detective didn't really lean. It was always dark, yeah. but it never got too, too supernatural. Like, the one it. good thing for this one is you can also compare it to the other two seasons. Right? Oh, yeah, so, like, horrible. season one <laughs> well, is no, not going to be. T- no, three I liked. Yeah, three was good. I thought three was solid with Mahershal Ali. Two, great cast, but two was just the pits. Plus, it was coming off the heels of the first one. So, that one was, uh, was terrible. Three was fine. This, right now, depending on how they stick the landing, Will either be the second or third best season. That's true. Yes, but you have tour of the two extremes. The landing is yeah. going to be. Sounds key. like it's trending in the right yes. direction. Yes, it is. And uh, yeah, the acting's been good. The character, I like the setting. I mentioned. Oh, that the one setting is so cool. It like, Where's it take Al- place? Alaska when it's night only constantly night. for a month. It's only dark oh. the whole so time. It's the reverse of uh, the underrated Christopher Nolan Al Pacino movie Insomnia. Yes. It's yeah, it's reminiscent of uh, Thirty Days of Night, which is very on the nose. But the uh, the vampire comic books turned movie, where it's also Alaska, smart place for vampires to go because for a whole month it's dark and they can be out and about. So yeah, all right, I'm looking forward to that. Either way, depending on no, no matter how they they finish it, uh, Davey and I will end up doing a dork podcast on this for sure because we've both been watching it. Uh, I also just watched a documentary on Netflix, uh, Lover Stalker Killer. See that one pop up? It's uh, what is this? Andy was talking about. This. Hart just what, saw what it, is this? which I was surprised. So it's sort of like uh, it's another one of these like true crime docs that you know I'm sure was national news and maybe I missed it or it was certainly big local news in like Nebraska. I want to say kind of like a love triangle type of thing. Uh, but there is one thing. And this is what Hart brought up, and I don't think this is really much of a spoiler. But there is at one point something that I think they're kind of presenting as though it's a twist, but you sniff it out immediately where you're like, just just get to that point and then we can all move on. Like yeah. we know, mm. It's not like an M. Night Shyamalan reveal. Like we know what's coming. Can you, and then they're like, and then this happened. And you're like, right. So now can we just finish the story, please? <laughs> so it's not amazing, but it's also one episode. And it's one like 90-minute movie oh, rather than cool. like three or four or five episodes. Where it's is just, this again? Netflix? Netflix. Yeah, it's a okay, Netflix. Okay. It's like their their most recent true crime doc, which I feel like they have at least one a month of. So this one wasn't wasn't bad. Uh, I'm also looking forward to Fitzy coming out later this month. Is uh, Star Wars Bad Batch animated series? Their yeah, final you season. Love the Bad Batch. It was pretty good. Like it, I had low expectations for it. I know it's not for everybody, but it's all Star Wars canon. And the last season was pretty good. And they already announced this is the final season. So it comes out. I think like maybe the twenty. I think maybe next week. And they're going to have like three episodes, and then it's going to be a weekly thing. But I'm in on that. So everything else okay. that I got kind of queued up, I think maybe is like March or beyond. Anything else you're watching now? Uh, I took a show based on my brother's recommendation for a spin last week. Didn't love it. Okay. Have you ever heard of The Curse featuring Nathan Fielding and Emma Stone? So I only read kind of mixed to bad reviews on it, so I skipped it all together. Yeah, I, he said, he's like, oh, it's great. You're going to love it. I watched the first episode. My wife and I stared at each other like four different times for long periods of time, like long stares like someone 
this got made. So, so apparently, the, this? apparently the finale, and I kind of because I was like, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to uh, watch this. So I read Alan Steppenwall from Rolling Stones like whole review of it, and uh-huh. I guess the finale, it's like just what they choose to do. I guess is absolutely insane. Where you're like, you almost have to give them credit for doing whatever they did, and like maybe it has like a deeper meaning, but it's also like, what, what even is this? I I, so, I, yeah. I I can't. I had no idea what the hell I was watching. Yeah, Every I'm gonna skip that was, one. Was, yeah. I would highly recommend. It's like I know, like some people love Nathan Fielding. It's like Nathan for you, like oh, oh Fielder, not, yeah, Fielder, Nathan Fielder, yeah, sorry, yeah, not, yeah. not for me. Uh, yeah, did you see that one, The Curse? No, I did not. No, nope. yeah, also one of the Safdie brothers is in that too, right? Yeah, they yeah. split up, and now he's in it and helped uh, Nathan Fielder get it made. All right, let's get a quick call here, JP in New Hampshire, before we uh, get to our Red Sox talk. JP, what do you got? Hey, boys, uh, True Detective, you guys are on to something. I've been watching it as well, but I'll tell you one thing. The origin of that symbol, and I won't give it away, is in actually season one ten years ago. There's actually four uh, seasons of this, and they, they've spread it out. The first one had Vince Vaughn. I'm sorry, uh, Matthew season McConaughey. Two, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Woody, yeah. Well, no, season one. Season no, I know. One. Season one had McConaughey uh, and Woody Harrelson and that symbol. Yeah, oh, yeah. No and doubt. that's the origin of what season four is. But season two is totally different. Um, and then now I'm waiting to watch season three uh, here in a little bit. But you guys are touching on something good. Uh, they really bring in some good actors and a great show. Yeah, no, it's always had good acting. Thanks for the call, JP. One thing I did read, though, is the original series creator, people pulled this up. They were, like, uh, I guess, like, commenting on his Instagram or whatever about this most recent season. And he What's basically. His name? What's his name? Nick, Nick Pizzuti. Yeah, Pizzuloto or P- something. Yeah. But he basically was like, yeah, I have nothing to do with this season. I think he's like an executive producer and like they give him the credits as like based on the show. But there's a couple of decisions and a couple of things that they're trying to do in season four to tie it into season one. And he's like, yeah, I got nothing to do with that. Uh, Nick Pizzolato. Yes. True detective creator Nick Pizzolato yeah. dissed season four. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. I guess there was something that happens in there and uh, he commented on somebody's post. He's like, yeah, so dumb. LOL or something like that. He's, and he yeah. also said, like, you can't blame me for anything in this season because I didn't write a word Well, of it. he was also mad that he agreed to allow HBO to rush him into producing season two as quickly as possible. He said yeah. it just became a mess because he rushed it and didn't give it the time it needed yeah, to develop. Yeah, for sure. So it got, it got kind of, uh, yeah, it was, and that was bad. That was a bad. This is definitely a lot better than that. All right, uh, let us know what you guys are watching. At Rich Keefe Show on Twitter and Instagram. You can also text in 37937. Two hours down, two hours to go. And pitchers and catchers reported today to Fort Myers, but manager was out sick. No uh, no manager today. So we'll talk about that coming up. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI.